the, 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 the uh, difference between the gospel to the Gentiles and the gospel to the Jews is not the salvation through Christ. We've already seen that that's the same door that we all come through. But it's in the way that God extends his grace to the different people groups of believers in his church as to how they can conduct themselves in his church in this life. That's where the difference lies, which is actually the law. And so the difference between the gospel to the Gentiles and the gospel to the Jews is in the keeping of the law. That's where the difference lies and that's where we need to understand clearly as Gentile believers where the difference is and Jews, Jewish believers should also understand it as well because it's when the, the waters get muddied in that people don't understand the difference between the two that confusion reigns and then in actual fact heresy does manage to then, then creep into the church. And so when we look at the letters of the Apostle Paul to the church and we look at the letters of Peter, James, John and Jude to the church we see a very distinct difference in the writings of those two um, grouping of apostles to the, the body of Christ. Paul, when he writes his letters to the church, he writes his letters primarily to Gentile believers. Uh, because why? He is the apostle of the Gentiles. God's called him. That's his mandate. That's his, uh, he has clear understanding of the gospel as it pertains to the Gentile believers. Paul also had very clear understanding of the gospel as it pertained to Jewish believers as well. God had given him great insight into the mysteries of the gospel, which is one of the reasons why um, he was given that thorn in the flesh. And, uh, Satan was allowed to ascribe an angel to Paul full time to harass him. Um, uh, because Paul had such a great amount of revelation, God did not want Paul to become exalted because Paul could have gone around saying, you know, guys, I have more uh, revelation than anybody, including Peter, James, and John. He had more revelation than they did. And so Paul could very quickly have been, and easily have become pretty um, prideful in the amount of revelation he had. And so what God did uh, to keep him humble is that he just made his life a misery. I mean, Paul said, you look at his letters, he went through an absolute torrid time as a Christian. But nevertheless, Paul has great insight into both aspects. Peter, James, John, and Jude don't. And so in the writings of the two, um, as I say, the, the, the mindset in Paul is that he's writing his letters primarily to Gentile believers. With regards to Peter, James, and John, their mindset is that they are writing their letters primarily to Jewish believers. They're not writing their letters uh, primarily to Gentile believers. Now, both sets of letters both Paul's letters and Peter, James, and John's letters, and Jude's letters, letter, um, is written to the church. And so as believers, we read both um, letters, and they are equally authoritative to us. However, I'm wanting to get across the, the mindset of these two sets of apostles, Paul on his own, really, and Peter, James, John, and Jude as uh, apostles to the Jews. Paul is an apostle to the Gentile, these others as apostle to the Jews. So that's their mindset when they write their letters. Now, when you look at Peter's letter and James's letter, John and Jude don't really say it, but Peter and James are very clear. 
that Peter writes his letter to the dispersion, and James write his, writes his letter to the twelve uh, tribes um, that are to the twelve tribes. He, he calls it. Now, the dispersion and the twelve tribes are Jews, the Jews that were dispersed throughout uh, the world, and so. Very clearly, Peter, James, John, and Jude are writing their letters to Jewish believers. That's their mindset when they write their letters. Paul, on the other hand, he writes his letters to Gentile believers. So you say, okay, well, maybe that's true, and that, it, that's probably it is true, because it is. I mean, that's exactly the case. Uh, we've seen in, Paul never writes his letter to the dispersion. He never writes his letters to the 12 tribes, um, whereas the others do. So what's the difference? Well, when you have a look at their letters, there's a very clear, distinct difference in the way that they address one particular issue. And that issue is the law. Peter, James, John, and Jude, between them, write the, in all of their letters, the law is mentioned only seven times. So, okay, well, that's not too bad. If you go look at the letters that Paul writes to the Gentile believers, he mentions the word law 148 times. And so very clearly, there is um, something that the Holy Spirit is wanting his apostle to communicate to the Gentile believers that the Holy Spirit does not deem necessary for his apostle, apostles to communicate to his Jewish believers. And that is how we are to deal with the law. The Apostle Paul is very um, emphatic about the way that the Gentile believers approach the law. In that he, and we'll go through it in more depth, in that he, he admonishes the Gentile believers time and time and time and time and time again to stay away from the law, that the law is not for us. However, Peter, James and John and Jude, when they write their letters to the church, and as I say, primarily they're writing to Jewish believers, the Holy Spirit doesn't uh, um, impress upon them at all to write anything about the law. Because why is that? Because as far as they're concerned, keeping the law is fine. Keeping the law is good. Um, observing the law is acceptable to the people they're writing to. Don't forget, they're writing their letters in their minds primarily to Jewish believers. So. They have no compulsion about the whole, from the Holy Spirit to say, guys, we shouldn't be touching the law. Not at all. They, they, don't, only, they don't even mention it. In fact, James tells uh, the guys in the, his letter, uh, James 2.10, sorry, to keep the law. And so their view about the law is that everything's fine. Paul, on the other hand, warns the Gentile believers, no, stay away from the law. It's not fine. And so that's the difference between the two in, that, in these Gospels, in that Paul is, uh, endeavors all the time to steer the Gentile believers away from the law. Peter, James, John, and Jude have no problem with their believers, Jewish believers, keeping the law because their mindset is the law is fine. That's what they've come out of. That's what they know. They have that covenant relationship with God. Now, that covenant relationship we saw in the previous uh, teaching, God annuls when they are born again and they come into the kingdom of God. That, uh, he makes that covenant obsolete to, to them. 
But the covenant of the law and, and circumcision is still in place. It, it, the Bible talks about the fact that it is vanishing away. It's becoming old and it's vanishing away. But it hasn't yet been done away with because the Jewish nation is still in the earth today. And so their covenant remains. But Jewish believers also, God has extended grace to them that they can continue to observe the law. And we're going to get into it a bit more depth. But he has that grace has not been extended to the Gentile believers because they were never part of that covenant in the first place. And so God does not want Gentile believers to play around with the law and he gives them no grace to do that. But he does extend grace to his Jew, Jewish believers to continue to observe the law. We're going to see that uh, very clearly as we go through the series. And so that's the difference in these two Gospels. It's not the different in Gospel of Salvation. We all come into the kingdom through faith in Christ. But it's in the observance of the law that the difference lies. And we need to understand it because, as I say, it can get confusing if you don't understand that very clear line that God draws between his Gentile believers and his Jewish believers. And so we want to just, now I just want to give some examples in Scripture to show us very clearly that Jewish believers in the New Testament were observers of the law and God had no problem with that at all. Uh, whereas he does have a huge problem if the Gentiles tried to go down the same road. And the first example to look at is Acts chapter 6 verse 7. The Scripture says, Then the word of God spread... And the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. And so we see here that quite a lot of Levitical priests, or priests after the order of Aaron, were born again. They heard the, the, the truth of the gospel, they believed in Jesus, they confessed Him as their Lord and Messiah, and they were born again. But they didn't then say, okay, to now the, the, their boss, <laughs> whoever was over them in the temple, I've become born again, so I can't serve as a priest anymore. I have to quit and I have to go do something else. No, they continued to operate and function as priests. They were now um, Jewish believers and they were keeping still exactly the same ordinances that they kept the day before they got saved. After they got saved, they continued to follow. And so they offered the same sacrifices every day. They would do the same duties that they performed alongside their Jewish brethren who were now unbelievers. They were now Jewish, Jewish believers and their, their friends and their colleagues were Jewish unbelievers. They were still performing the same function as priests unto God. And so very clearly, here we have an account of Jewish priests being believers and still being priests uh, and performing all of the ordinances that pertain to the Old Covenant, to the law, which the Gentiles are told don't touch. But here God's got, He extends His grace to them. They continue doing what they were always doing. No difference there. Acts chapter 10, verse 13 to 28. And a voice came to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again the second time. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. In verse 28, Then he said to them, You know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation. 
but God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. And so we know this account, this is the account where Peter is given the vision of the sheet that is let down from heaven, where all of these unclean animals are in the sheet, and God says to Peter, Peter, arise, kill and eat. Peter says, uh-uh, not going to do that, Lord. He argues with God. Uh, he says, hey, in effect, he says, I'm Jewish. That's not kosher. I cannot eat it. I've never eaten anything uh, unclean, Lord. You know, can I just correct you on this matter? You know, Peter's correcting God. Um, but Peter gives us some insight here because this incident occurred roughly six years after the church has begun. And so even though Peter has been born again, has, uh, is an apostle of the Lamb, um, and he's been preaching the gospel, he still eats kosher. He eats nothing unclean. He's a strict observant of the law. Now, he did that when Jesus was with him on the earth as well. Jesus kept those same commandments. He also ate nothing unclean um, as a Jew. Now, Jesus has since dealt with that. Uh, the Apostle Paul is very clear about the issue. Nothing is unclean in and of itself. And Paul said, I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there's nothing in, unclean in and of itself. And so uh, Jesus sorted Paul out on the issue. Uh, the Lord's trying to sort Peter out on the issue. One of the things that Peter's, is, this, this vision is given to Peter, and it, 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 it has a twofold application. So obviously the main application that God's trying to get across to Peter, Peter, I want you to go preach to the Gentiles. I've called them into the kingdom. And so you're not to call them unclean, because I, you know, what God has claimed you can't call common or unclean. Now, Peter makes this comment here in verse 28. He says, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation. Now, it shows you just how relatively um, ignorant Peter was of the law. Because that is not the law. That's a tradition amongst the Jews. There's no law given in Scripture that God says to the Jewish people, you cannot fellowship with unbelievers. Not at all. There's nothing in the Bible about that. And so when Paul, when Peter says you, he's speaking to God, and he's, oh no, sorry, in verse 28 he's speaking to Cornelius, sorry, he's in their house now. Um, when he says it's unlawful for a Jewish man to be, even be here, that's actually not true. It wasn't unlawful, but it was according to Jewish tradition. And so the traditions of the elders uh, had been passed down through the generations. And the Jews have become so prideful about who they really were as Jews, they didn't even want to have anything to do with Gentiles anymore. And so Peter was living in that uh, frame of mind six years after he was born again. But nevertheless, and so God says, shows Peter, and Peter still gets it wrong here, because he goes on, he says, but God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Well, God didn't actually show him that. God showed him that those whom he had cleansed, in other words, those who had come into the kingdom of God, they're being cleansed and they're not to be called common or unclean because they're now going to be your brothers and sisters in Christ, Peter. And so Peter was still, because at that, when he made that comment, he, he still wasn't, didn't know what was going to happen. Um, it was only after God baptized the, the Gentiles in the Holy Spirit in front of his eyes that he realized, okay, so that's what God is actually, actually saying. These guys can actually be born again. They can come into the kingdom. But up until this time, he still doesn't know. Now, there is the other application, as I say. Um, God's trying to get across to Peter. Peter, there's actually nothing unclean anymore. You're under the new covenant. That old covenant's not for you. 
Um, but it does not have anything to do with that. He argues with God. He says, I'm not going to eat. Uh, I won't break uh, the law. So he has a, a, an apostle of the Lamb six years into his uh, ministry, and he's convinced that he can only eat kosher. Paul has explained it very clearly to us. That's not the truth anymore, because under the new covenant, the old covenant has become obsolete. However, that's not an understanding that most Jews have. And so we need to, we'll get into it as to why God gives this particular grace to his Jewish believers, uh, which he doesn't give to his Gentile believers. But I just wanted to show you just how, in the examples in Scripture, how clear it is that the Jewish believers continued to observe the law. So much so that Peter argued with God on the issue. And he said, I'm not going to eat that. That's unclean. God, you don't know the law. I'll, I'll, I'll explain it to you. <laughs> and so that's what transpired on that particular case. And as I said, it was six years afterwards. Um, the next example I want to look at, uh, and there's numerous. We don't have to go through more. We'll just give you three examples just to show you that truth. Acts 21, verse 20 to 26. Scripture says, And when they heard it, they glorified the Lord. And they said to him, You see, brother, how many myriads of Jews there are who have believed, and they are all zealous for the law. Then, verse 23. Therefore do what we tell you. We have four men who have taken a vow. Take them and be purified with them, and pay their expenses so that they may shave their heads and that all may know that those things which um, they were informed concerning you are nothing, and that you yourself also walk orderly and keep the law. Verse 26. Then Paul took the men, and the next day, having been purified with them, entered the temple to announce the expiration of the days of purification, at which time an offering should be made for each one of them. And so here we have the account of the Apostle Paul coming into the city of Jerusalem and he's meeting with James and the rest of the elders of the church. And they are, they give him some insight because Paul first and Barnabas first give them a rundown as to what the Lord's been doing in their ministry over the last number of years. And they, are, you know, they glorify God when they hear what he's been doing through Paul. And then they go on to say, look at how many myriads of Jews have believed, and they are all what? Zealous for the law. And so James and the, uh, the other apostles that were there, we don't know how many were there at that time, but the elders in the church in Jerusalem are all, um, I don't say bragging, but you know, they just saying, God, the ball, look, look how these guys are really zealous for the law. So obviously, all the Jewish believers in Jerusalem at that time, and this is roughly 30 years after the church has started, this particular event takes place. And so, you know, there's been a lot of revelation that come into the church by this time. And yet, you're looking at senior Jewish believers in the body of Christ, authoritative, who have written letters to the church, and we have them in our New Testament, are all observing the law. But it goes further than that because they say to Paul, Paul, you also, uh, he says, um, this is James speaking, but that 
you yourself also walk orderly and keep the law. Now, Paul didn't dispute that. Paul didn't say, okay, well, James, uh, you got it wrong. I actually don't keep the law anymore. No, because Paul did keep the law. He said in his writings, to the Jews I became as a Jew. To those who are under the law, I became as under the law. So I could win those under the law. So Paul was very observant of the law as well, as a Jewish believer. Paul did not argue with the guys. And so they, they, they go to the temple and they purify themselves according to the, the custom of the law and they're going to make an offering to God. All of them are believers. Four guys plus Paul. All of them born again, um, Jewish believers, are going to make an offering of an animal to God uh, because that's what the law prescribed. And so very, very, very clearly, Jewish believers... And we're talking about Paul, we're talking about James, we're talking about Barnabas, we're talking about men of God whom we get our New Testament writings from. We're observant of the law. And so we can see very clearly that God extended grace to them to do just that. We'll, get, we'll understand it in more depth as we go into the series, but that's where these two Gospels differ, is in the keeping of the law. The Jewish, uh, sorry, the, uh, the Gentile believers are admonished, you cannot keep the law, it's not you. It's not your covenant that you had. Uh, Jewish believers, however, God said, yes, you can keep the law, even though in God's eyes, he's annulled it. He's made it obsolete. They are partakers of the new covenant. But God extends grace to them that they can continue to operate in the law. And we'll get it, we'll understand it in more depth as we get into this teaching. But there's the, the, the dividing line between the Jewish believers and the Gentile believers is in the keeping of the law. And that's the two Gospels. And so we need to have a very clear understanding because, as I say, it's when the, the two people groups try cross over, mainly the Gentiles, it's not an issue for Jewish believers to abandon the law. Um, God has no problem with that. In fact, he, he would prefer that to happen, um, except that they still need to witness to Jews. But God has a huge problem with Gentile believers trying to observe the law. There he has extended no grace to them in doing that. And that's what Paul keeps warning Gentile believers to stay away from. But Paul himself observed the law. He kept it. And so that's uh, the, two, the dividing line. That's the, the difference between the two Gospels. We'll get into a bit more depth as we go through the series. We're going to end the teaching on that.